0: Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob and I'm reading today from a book entitled The Christian in Complete Armor by William Gurnall. Now I know that you're wondering why I'm doing this again. Some of you have already read or listened to the other audios that I put out about William Gurnall's book. Uh, but I noticed that uh, it was getting a little difficult reading. It's, it's in the older style. And what they've done is uh, they've created a modernized abridgment of this Puritan classic. William Gurnall was that English Bible scholar and pastor who died in 1679. I'm going to tell you a little about him. I'm going to read the preface. And I'm going to do all the introductory work today. Uh, if you're not sold on this book yet, Gernal's work, said Spurgeon, is peerless and priceless. Every line is full of wisdom. Every sentence is suggestive. The best thought breeder in all our library. J.C. Ryle said, You really marvel how so much thought could be got into so few words. Um, John Newton said, If I might read only one book, Beside the Bible, I would choose the Christian Incomplete Armor. This is a classic, classic, and we need to get a hold of it. I, I'm sure that some of you have already read it or heard it before. Let me read the preface that was written actually by David Wilkerson. You may know that name. He said, Leonard Ravenhill, that's another name I think you know, a very godly friend, gave me a copy of Christian Incomplete Armor with the solemn words, this book, is going to revolutionize your life. It has had a profound effect on my life, and I believe you're prepared to receive its message now. At first I put the book aside. It was too long, too wordy, and written in 17th century English. Out of curiosity, I scanned the first 25 pages, and that's all it took to bring me to my knees. Gurnall, the pious Puritan, had touched something deep within me. His were such probing, scorching, searing words that they shook my inner man. I devoured the entire book with great zeal. I immediately ordered additional copies to give to minister friends. I thought that they too would become as excited about the work as I am. But I soon discovered that few ministers would or could take the time to mine the precious gold within its twelve hundred pages. Others complained they could not understand Gurnall's Puritan language. Well, Because the book and its message is so important, we prayerfully decided to find the best editorial staff we could put together to produce a shortened version in modern English. We were most excited about the results. Our editors were able to retain the meat of his message and the best of Gurnall's illustrations. We believe that as Christian in Complete Armor is such an important book, it should be published in a shortened, modern version for wider acceptance. And we're delighted that the Banner of Truth Trust publishers agreed with our assessment and have decided to publish the edited manuscript in a three-volume paperback version. Ruth Ann Garlock was project coordinator. She was assisted by Kay King, Karen Sloan, and Candy Cohen. They put in over a full year's labor of love on the project. We are most grateful to them for their dedicated work. I believe Christian in complete armor, either this abridgment or the full version, which the banner of Truth Trust also keeps in print, should be in the library of every man and woman of God. No Christian leader, teacher, pastor, evangelist, or Christian worker should be without it. It breathes of holiness. Purity, and provokes one to prayer and fuller dedication to Jesus Christ. Of all the Puritan writers, I believe William Gurnall speaks most directly to this generation. I believe the banner of truth has been highly honored by God to be entrusted with the proclamation of God's message. Without a doubt, it's one of the most important books ever written other than the Word of God. I will forever bless the day... That it was placed in my hands. Again, that's from David Wilkerson, author of The Cross and the Switchblade. Well, the original book has a biographical sketch of the author. It's long and difficult, but they've shortened that also. So please uh, listen to that, if you will. Let's learn about who this author was before we read his words. William Gurnall. Author of The Christian in Complete Armor is a man whose name seldom appears in accounts of 17th century church history. Yet his enduring work on spiritual warfare has appeared in numerous editions spanning more than 300 years and has blessed untold thousands of Christians since its first publication. Research reveals that he was born in November 1616 in the coastal town of Lynn lynn county of Norfolk about a hundred miles north of London his father was first an alderman that's a town council member then mayor of Lynn a chief town of the most thoroughly Protestant district of England in the 17th century the inhabitants of Norfolk and Suffolk counties were famous for their deep attachment to the doctrines of the Reformation. An excellent scholar, Gurnall was awarded a scholarship from the city of Lynn to attend Emmanuel College, Cambridge. He began his formal training there in his sixteenth year, shortly after his father's death. Having been reared to honor and reverence the Puritans as the excellent of the earth, and then trained at an eminently Puritan college, It would have been strange indeed if Gurnall had grown up without decidedly Puritan opinions. Some of his contemporaries at Emmanuel College were among the most prominent Puritan writers and leaders of his time. By way of explanation, the Puritans were a large segment of 16th and 17th century Protestants who sought to purify the Church of England. They felt priestly vestments and elaborate ceremonies were unnecessary. Many of them held to a simple manner of worship, without the use of prayer books, and followed a simple form of church organization. Most Puritans believed all clergymen should be of equal rank, and that no bishop or high church official should exercise control over pastors of congregations. At the age of 28, William Gurnall was appointed rector of the church at Lavenham, Suffolk, and then it was a town of about 1,800 inhabitants half of whom were his parishioners. A year later, he married a minister's daughter, Sarah Mott, who bore him ten children. Gurnall spent the rest of his life, 35 years, in this pastorate. During much of his lifetime, he apparently suffered ill health. In the early days of his ministry at Lavenham, he was once summoned to preach before the House of Commons in London. None but the most eminent and gifted ministers were asked to do this which shows the high esteem in which Gernal was held as a preacher. However, Gernal begged to be excused. He stated in his letter, It is a burden much too weighty for my shoulders, particularly at this time, when so many infirmities oppress me that I can scarcely, without danger to my health, remain a short time in the open air. Much less, therefore, could I undertake so long a journey and so winterly a season. As I said, London was... Only a hundred miles away, as we would say it. The years during which Gurnall served the parish at Lavenham were filled with momentous events in English history a civil war, the beheading of King Charles I, the declaring of a protectorate under Puritan leader Oliver Cromwell, and then the death of Cromwell, and the restoration of the monarchy under King Charles II. But the most significant event for Gurnall was the passing of the Act. Of uniformity. This act, passed in 1662, required that all ministers conform to the standards of the Church of England in matters of worship, or use of the prayer book, ecclesiastical authority. It was the culmination of years of conflict between the Puritans and established church leaders, though there is no indication that Gurnall himself was involved in the conflict. The result was that about 2,000 Puritan ministers and teachers gave up their pastorates and other positions, were labeled nonconformists, and subsequently suffered intolerant persecution. Now, Gurnall, instead of siding with his Puritan colleagues, chose to remain in the church. He signed the declaration required by the Act of Uniformity and was ordained a priest by the Evangelical Bishop Reynolds of Norwich. So herein lies the reason so little has been written about William Gurnall in the Annals of Church History. Though he was undoubtedly Puritan in both doctrine and practice, he did not secede with the group with which he had generally agreed. A choice not likely to make him a favorite with either of the two great religious parties into which England was divided. A neutral is never popular. Each party is offended at him for not casting his weight into their scale. He was just the man to be disliked and slighted by both sides. But he was far from neutral in spiritual matters. It was during this time of civil and religious strife and controversy that Gernal preached to his parish parishioners his messages on spiritual warfare. With the help of a benefactor, Gernal published his material in three volumes, between 1655 and 1662. He dedicated the first volume to the inhabitants of Lavenham. Here's an excerpt from his foreword. I'm quoting. The subject of the treatise is solemn, a war between the saint and Satan. And it is such a bloody one that the cruelest war ever fought by men will be seen as but sport and child's play compared to this. It is a spiritual war that you shall read of, not a history of what was fought many ages past and is now over, but of a war now going on. The tragedy is present with us, and it is not taking place at the farthest ends of the world. It, is, it concerns you and, and everyone who reads of it. The stage on which this war is fought is every man's own soul. There are no neutrals in this war. The whole world is engaged in the quarrel, either for God against Satan or for Satan against God. End of quote. Well, Gurnall died on October twelfth, sixteen seventy-nine, in his sixty-third year of life. The fact that a sixth edition of his work was published in the year he died is enough to show that its merits were early recognized. Other theological works of the seventeenth century were famous in their day but are now seldom read. In regard to Gurnal, everything connected with this good man, except his book, seems to have passed away. By it alone, he being dead yet speaketh. The available evidence indicates that Gurnal lived and died within about fifty miles of his place of birth. He held no office other than that of Rector of To Today, no trace can be found of any descendant's. William Burkitt, well-known New Testament commentator and rector of Mildan near Lavenham, delivered an address commemorating Gurnall two months after his death. He concluded his address with these words, It will be below the merit of his person to celebrate his death by any verbal lamentations, nor can anything suit his memory but what is sacred and divine, as his writings are. May his just fame from them and from his virtues be precious to all succeeding ages, and when epitaphs committed to the trust of marble shall be as illegible as if they had been written in water, when all stately pyramids shall be dissolved in dust, and all the venerable monuments of antiquity shall be devoured by the corroding teeth of time, then let this short characterization describing him in his best and fullest portraiture remain of him. Namely, he was a Christian in complete armor. Well, now, the original introduction to this book, th- this biographical sketch, I should have said, was written by Bishop Ryle, J.C. Ryle. I think most of you know who that was. Well, we don't have that in here, but Ruth Ann Garlock, who wrote this, what I just read, gives major credit to J.C. Ryle because so much of the information that was there is in what she wrote. So all of this is uh, put to our generation. We don't perhaps think as deeply as they did or talk as eloquently as they did. We've got to put it in modern English, and and yet you're going to be blessed. I know you are. We will uh, start the next time with uh, Section 1, The Saints' Call to Arms. Prepare to be blessed, okay? Prepare to take into your system what's been going through the system of great men and women of God all through these hundreds of years. And I'm so happy that I can share this with you. Well, thank you for listening. Do look around the site before you leave. We've got 3,500 audios featuring some of the church's great preachers, persecution stories from North Korea in English and in Korean, Bible studies on a number of subjects, and the blog. And if you want more, just check out Amazon.com. Put my name there and you will see some books that I put together. You can contact me at bob.j.falkner.72 at gmail.com. I'll share details of our Saturday evening Zoom meetings and our Tuesday noon meetings for men and women. The first day Saturday is for men only. We'd love to have you at both of those. They're, They're really good meetings. You just have to come and see for yourself. Well, God bless you. Um, This is the Hackberry House of Chosun, and this audio is being released on the 6th of February, 2023. Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.